Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? So today at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, we're going to bring on Richard Gordon, CEO Dojo. you got to hear this guy's story. And it's awesome. Not only has he been doing martial arts for 30 years, he's also, I met him a couple of years ago back at the Make-A-Wish, uh, the Wishman movie, and guess what? We grew up within miles of each other in Brooklyn, but we met in Los Angeles, and he's living in San Diego right now. So he's one of the guys. you got to talk to him. you got to listen to him. He has this men's group that's just awesome, and it's real conversations by real people, and I love it. So, Richard, thank you so much for giving me your time today. Oh, Welcome my on. pleasure. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Always a pleasure to uh, to meet and greet with a fellow Brooklynite. You know, like they say, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And anyone that grew up in Brooklyn knows that's a fact. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I mean, that was the incredible part. Not only were we at an, an incredible at the opening that day, but we were then we just were like, oh, yeah, you're from Brooklyn. I, obviously, for me, it's a little bit easier to pick out where I'm from. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you lost a little bit of the, uh, the the accent, but you still have all the other stuff that brought you here. No, no. That, and it's always awesome to have people where come from where you come from because they can truly understand you. You know, we travel in life and we meet different people and, and we definitely gravitate to people. But it's like there's no way to explain to people how you grew up. It's just like, I don't know how people grew up in Kentucky or Wisconsin. You know, I can relate to them, but it's completely different. And so it's not good, bad, or otherwise, it's just completely unique. You know, we literally grew up, like you say, in the same neighborhoods with the same culture and the same experience coming to us. So yeah, it gives you a unique bond. And I think the beauty of growing up in a spot like that, it kind of teaches you to survive. You know what I mean? And unfortunately that, there isn't a lot of peace and love growing up in the inner city. You know, it's there, but when you're a kid, you're always battling. You know, so when you evolve to becoming an adult, and, and especially with you doing this, it's beautiful because peace and love is truly the essence of who we are. And you know, it's very easy to be drawn into violence because people say, well, you were violent as a kid. And I'm like, but I had no choice. And then you think about that and you're like, did you have a choice? And then you kind of think yes and no. You know, because there's just so much going on in a physical society and even a physical world that sometimes we can get pulled away from the peace and the love. And and I studied martial arts, like indicated, for over 30 years. And people think, well, you got in that to be violent. And it's quite the opposite. You know, I, I use that to understand the violence, to address it head on. And as Dave Corbin says, to illuminate. You, know, you want to illuminate the different things in your life, the parts of you. You know, so we all have that anger. We all have that violence. We all have that aggression, especially in the male world. You know, it's just a male kind of hunter warrior. And so studying the martial arts, I'm able to tap into that. And then I'm able to be a peaceful guy. You know, the Mr. Miyagi's examples, you know, Kung Fu, lots of great examples out there of how to take this training and understanding, but also be peaceful and to express the love because that's not easy. You know, in this world, in this day and age, you know, we talked about that before in the men's group, 
there's just so much like battering. People want to batter you. You know, you, you say something, people want to like really batter you for saying that you think something, they want to batter you, your clothes. You, and I talked something that I, I wouldn't want to grow up in this day and age because it's like, it was tough enough in, in your own high school at 15. I couldn't imagine being on a world scale at 15. Could you imagine that? Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we, we did have our peace and love where you, we were saying, you know, growing up because if you had your guys, right, you had your crew or whatever you did. <laughs> but outside of that, it was like wherever you were going, right? We, you, you and I were talking about playing ball. If you played ball at somebody else's field, you know, there was no peace and love there. You know, <laughs> they, they would call you whatever names. And, 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 yeah. and that's why, you know, it's amazing. Your men's group is, is we, we talk about that, but it's also that safe space. That's one of the things that, you know, we all look for. And, you know, I wish we all would have known it later and earlier in life, but you you, you got to live those lives, right? You can't go through life without having those challenges, without knowing it. You can't just walk up and say peace and love and everything is going to be fine. And that's why we bring a bat, you know, in the taking the stand. It's not a violent thing. but Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much pressure from society. And as I say again, with the, with the media today and the Internet and you know, young and old alike, you know, we're all pressured. You know, people say, well, I'm not pressured. We're pressured. You know, I'm not, I'm not an impressionable guy, but I'm pressured. I'm influenced by what I see, what I hear, you know, how people dress. All of that impacts you, whether directly or indirectly, and you just have to be conscious of it. You just have to be aware of the fact that we're getting bombarded and we're getting impacted. And then that's why I came up with, again, teaching in, in the motivational space for 30 years within the, you know, I taught in the military. I taught the martial arts. I taught in church. I came up with the concept of be you for you, because to me, it comes down to the core. You know, even going back when I was a kid, going to the core of being you for you, because as a kid, you were pressured to be tough. You were pressured to be this. You were pressured not to cry, especially as a boy. You know, you were pressured to play sports. And luckily, that was my thing, so I kind of fit in. You know, I was a rough and tumble boy, but that's not everyone. You know, people were, were kind of fitting into boxes that were not them and careers. Like, again, certain ethnic groups are like, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be a, an accountant. And again, you're pressured into that. It's not a bad pressure because your parents and friends and family want you to be successful. But if you don't want to be an accountant, it's not your style, then you're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. So I looked at the, okay, well, how could you live a good life and how could you be happy is to decide who you are, what you want to be. And I use the example, I use the mention about that. If you want to play a guitar in, in France for tips, why not? You know, yeah, you're going to struggle. Yeah, you might have a tough time. But why not? You can struggle back in the block of Brooklyn trying to get a job. So why not go to France with your guitar and try to make it there? And maybe you're, you'll, 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 if that's you. So what someone else does, isn't, it shouldn't be my choice. And when you have kids, it becomes especially more difficult because we want to guide them. We want to help them. We want to nudge them in the right direction. We want to make sure they don't make the mistakes. We want to make sure they have all wisdom. And then it's like, take a step back. Yeah. Well, that's the toughest part, especially being a parent. And I know you're a parent. You know, you want to guide them and you, you, you almost want to do it for them. But they have to learn the lessons because if not, they're going to learn the lesson, but differently. And it's, it doesn't suit them well. Uh, you know, I, I, so how do you how do you do something like that in, in your dojo? So, you know, you know, the guy who's watched all the movies or, or read all, all the stuff. How do you teach somebody who knows it all? Yeah, and, and that's the beauty, a great example, because teaching, and, and I just had this conversation with someone a couple of days ago, because when I started out, it was very much a, a 
Asian art. You know, it was like, I studied the Korean art of Taekwondo. And so we were supposed to, and I'm, I'm a rebel from day one, but we were supposed to fit this mold of how the Koreans taught it. It's like Japanese arts and judo, you know, you're supposed to be doing it exactly like they did. And there's a different body type, just like your body type is distinctly different than mine. It's very much different than a five foot five, you know, guy from China. So I automatically looked at the BU for you. So when people came to me, I'm like, okay, how could I help them achieve their best goal based on their body type? I had a, a guy, a young man at the time, he was in his 20s. He comes to me and he's 6'4", 240 pounds. And he's like all frustrated. He had been training for like seven years and he's all frustrated. And he's like trying to jump around and he's trying to do spins and he's trying to do all the stuff you see like a Jackie Chan does. And the first thing I do is look at it, right? It seems obvious to the naked eye. But again, this is what he was taught, peer pressure, all of the other students are doing this. This is what he's supposed to do, exactly like he said. And the first thing I say to him, I said, dude, why are you like jumping around like you're five foot two? You know, you're, 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 you're a big man. Like you got to fight and train like a big man. And his, his eyes just kind of glazed over. And he's like, what do you mean by that? I'm like, <laughs> you have so much attributes that you could be using. You know why someone who's 5'5 five, five jumps around a lot? Because they don't have the strength, the size, and the conviction you have to do power and to do this. And he's like, whoa. And so I was able to transform him, taking all of his years of skill, but just kind of eliminate the things that weren't suited to his body type. You know, it's like, be you for you, dude. You're a big guy. You know, you can't do what I do. You know, I'm 5'8, five, 5'9 five, on a good day. So he can't do what I do, and I can't do what he does. And and people try to do that all the time. They try to squeeze people into this template of this. And even at work, you know, people try to do that. Oh, everybody should work this way. Everybody should produce this way. Car sales, everybody should sell like Jimmy. No, you know, you got your own unique style. You know, some people are hard closes. Some people are cool, casual. You know, you got the guy back in Brooklyn smoking the cigarette. You like the car. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, that's what it is. I, that's why I always love your be you for you because it really is about yourself. You, you know, you know, like Ram Dass says, we can walk each other home, but I can't do the walking for you and you can't do the walking for me. And that's the really big piece of that. Yeah, but we get caught up and I get that. And so that's why, again, there's a lot of easy lessons in life, but they, they become clouded you know, with the noise. And it's just like if you know, I coach people and they're like, well, you know, do you want to get on stage? And they're like, well... I'm not tall enough. I'm not thin enough. You know, if it's a female, I don't have blonde hair and blue eyes. And so they're already replaying in their head what they've been fed by the media. You know, it's just like if you wanted to be a newscaster, right? There's a very specific type to be a newscaster, good, bad, or otherwise. And so you could quickly disqualify yourself, and rightfully so. You, you might get disqualified in the market because you don't fit the type that they're looking for. You know, there are people who break ground and stuff like that. But overall, we can tell ourselves in our brain, we don't fit that type. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when I was younger and I was looking into careers and I had gone to, uh, it was sort of like a banking kind of finance thing. And I was in my 20s at the time and I chuckled because literally everybody in there, and you, you can relate to this because you, you're going to the city, everybody was dressed exactly the same. Yep. Exactly the same. You know, they, they had the, the whatever was the style, the three buttons, whatever the tie, they had the same knot, they had the hanky the same, yep. you know, whether it's the square or the three, like whatever it was, they all fit the same. And guess who they were mirroring? The bosses, the VPs, the CEO. Again, nothing wrong with that per se if that's you. But we all very well know that that whole room full of people, not everybody, that's who they are. 
You know, they're just playing along. They're reinventing themselves, which yep. is not bad to dress nice. Right. But you can't sell your soul. That's where it comes down to. So, yeah, dressing nice or dressing apart to go to a job, I'm all for that. But, again, that's why I, I encourage and, and coach people, especially if they've been in a career for a while, don't sell your soul. Right. You know? Yeah, you know, like I was just going to say, I remember being at the first deposition, uh, you know, that I had gone to, and they're all wearing the, the, the straight lace tie, and my tie had colors and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I, I handed over some documents, and they go, that's a pretty colorful tie. And I was just like, I don't know, it's a tie, man. Like, you know, like, I, I wasn't, like, trying to sh- show off or anything. And then afterwards, a partner came out outside. He was like, you know, we usually don't wear ties so, so bright. I go, it's like one straight, you know, I'm like, all right, dude, I got you. But, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's part of it is you got to be you for you, you know, be, have that little different uh, piece. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's the thing we were really good at back in the day. You know, you were, you would be you for you when you were with your friends and then, you know, you took out a girl. It was, that was a whole different story, right? You had to kind of yeah. play the lines. Absolutely. And so that's why, again, like I know it's not easy. That's why I try to really help and work with people and get the message out there and continue to resonate it because I know people struggle with it. I struggle with it. You know, I try to find my identity. I try to find where I fit in. You know, it's kind of where we fit in. And then we'll go to a to a natural spot, a natural box. You know, I grew up playing sports. so I fit in with the athletes. I fit in with the martial artists. And then, as you know, the athletes had a certain kind of persona to them. You know, we wore our Leatherman jackets. We walked in a group. You know, we wore our hair a certain way. Like, it, it was kind of the same lingo. And so, you again, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with associating with your group and your peers. You know, there's, there's definitely a great uh, thing to be said with the proximity. But, again, don't sell your soul. Right. You know, I was just yeah. talking to my daughter of it today. And you see a lot of times in these movies and these kids shows, they portray it nicely because they have a kid that's part of the – yeah, there always seems to be part of the, the popular jock group who acts like a jerk, you know, and then he comes through, unfortunately, some sort of revelation. And then what happens, he has to break from this group to be a nice guy because he's under the pressure that his buddies, you know, his pals are pressuring to be nasty or to be uh, rude to the girls or to the new kid. And so he actually has to break from his peers and become a new person. And so that's what we're all faced with. You know, we all have to break from something, whether it's family, friends, you know, hanging out at the local park, hanging out at the local, you know, wherever you go. Sometimes you have to make the break um, and, and really find your feet because you can't in your environment. Yeah, you have to be authentic, right? You have to be your authentic, whatever authentic is for you. Like when you were saying about training that, that gentleman, he had to know what his strengths were and his weaknesses. Not yeah. everybody gets trained the, the same. That's the beauty of life is not only do we have similarities, but it's the differences that actually, you know, make, you know, have, wanting to have that conversation. If I knew all the answers you were going to give and, and vice versa, there's no reason for us to have a conversation. I know it all. Um, Absolutely. It, it's where we can learn. It's those opportunities to sit down and have, yeah. the, have those conversations. And people get too negative, too, because they're trying to conform. You know, they're always trying to form to this really unrealistic standard. You know, women have it the worst. You know, they have these you know, models and magazine covers that we all know. And again, females know it too, that they're all Photoshopped and, you know, a million things are done to it before it becomes, bam, published. But women are trying to assimilate to this style and then they become very depressed. They become very dejected. And, you know, we as guys too, you know, there's images that we see and we have, this is what it is meant to be happy. You're fit. You got the car, you got the girl. All of these images are blitzing us and we don't have to buy it all, but we still 
people will feel like they're inferior based on society saying that, gee, if you're not here, if you don't have this much money, you don't have this car. And again, it's all a sales pitch because this car will make you happy. This call will get you a girl. This call will make your wife happy. This call will make your kids happy, you know, and all of these things just keep getting barraged at you. And again, we're, we're going to filter a lot, but we still kind of people think they're falling short because they're not meeting that meteor standard of this is what you should be. And again, that becomes the be you for you. And what I always look at with people and I always tell people, if I see something that somebody has that I like, I don't ever get jealous. I just say, hey, how did you do it? You know, how did you get that? And then maybe the sacrifice, just like when I started the martial arts, my master was working literally 15 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to do that because I want to be with my family. So I'm going to cut it. You know, I put in 10, 12 hours a day. You run your own business, but you know, he'd go the extra. Everybody goes, there's always that extra. You all know in your own business, you're working 10 to 12 hours, six, seven days a week. But I would make sure I took off Sundays go to church, make sure I took off for my kids' events, things of that nature, where the other people, like he never did. Like he never attended his kids' birthdays. He had family coming over from Korea. He wouldn't even pick them up at the airport. You know, so again, that was his choice. And so I have to accept him being him for him. You know, that's the flip side of this. If I'm going to be, hey, I'm going to be me for me. And unfortunately, society now, there's people like, oh, I'm going to be me for me. But you, Dave, can't be you for you because I don't like that. I don't agree with right. You, you offend me. Yeah, yeah. No, right. And you got to do it. And you want to know that it, it, maybe this that sixteen hour day worked well for him. And if you could do it in ten hours, who's to say that you have to work sixteen hours to do the same same work? It, it, it's being efficient. Uh, you know, that's one of those things that are that's really important to be efficient. And, and that's one of those leaders. I mean, look, I, I love watching you on Facebook with pickleball, and you're able to manage everything. And that's the, the, the balance of life. That's you know, when you, when you can have that right balance, it really is, right? That yin-yang piece of it is you have to work hard to get what you want. And it, and it is. If you have something more than I, I have that I shouldn't be jealous, guess what? <laughs> you worked for it. it, it yeah. You know, we have to remember that. And and there could be reasons. And there might be reasons that I, I don't want those things. And that's okay also. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and it's, it all comes down to priorities. You know, it comes down to, to what you want to put your energy into. Like, People can say, I don't have time. And, and I, I respect that, you know, because you're not making time. You know, it's always interesting how people make time for what they want. You know, it's the same thing with money. Like people, are, I can't afford that. And then they'll manage to find money to afford something else. So it comes down to, again, being you for you, because that's what they allocate their money for. My mother had a great saying. She'd always say, I'm not really, because people would always ask her about, especially the grandkids and the nieces. Oh, well, we saw Gina spending money out at the club. Isn't she like running low on money? And, and my mother's response was always great. She says, if I'm not paying for her lifestyle, I don't ask how she spends her money. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's and that's the true essence of let someone be you for you. You know, again, of course, my mother had her thoughts, but she's like, hey, I'm not paying for her lifestyle, so she don't need to account to me. Right. But yeah. we have to allow people that, you know, and, and again, that's one thing I've learned because I'm. Yeah, I'm really driven. As you see, I'm really like just driven and confident and hardworking. I was always expecting everyone to be that. You know, I was like, oh, come on, come on, come on. Come with me, come, you know, get on the, and I'm like, finally, I realized I'm like, yeah, that's just not their journey. You know, and I had that with my mother. She was in the post office and she was a clerk and I was in the post office after the military and I became a supervisor right away. And she was in like 15, 20 years as a clerk. And I'm like, 
you got to get promoted. You got to be a supervisor. <laughs> and she would patiently listen. You know, my mom was a good woman. She tolerated me. And um, she would listen, listen. Finally, one day she tells me after years, she says, shut up. I don't want to be a supervisor. <laughs> she said, I don't care when people go to the bathroom. She says, I got friends and they're concerned about who's at the bathroom, who's doing this, who's scratching their head, who's talking. I don't want that. And it really hit me. And I said, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm infusing on you what I, my goals are, and what I think my goals for you should be. You know, you're doing well. And she spent 30 years, you know, over 30 years retired, good standing, one of the best, you know, she was an admin clerk, one of the best admin clerks there were, worked for the high people in the post office. But to me, I'm pushing her like, hey, you need to achieve. You need to, you need to yeah. go. You need to accomplish. You need to. And again, I learned that lesson. You know, I was younger, and I'm like, yeah, she has to be her for her. She's not me. You know, she's she's not following that supervisor path. And then we all know supervising is a pain in the neck. You know, so I couldn't argue that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sure, especially after you got the job. Right. You know, there's a lot of reasons why we we make those choices. Yeah, and I, and I respected that she didn't want none of that. Like she did her job well. She went home. She had no headaches. She wasn't worried about what other people do. She just worried about herself. And so, yeah, just just allow people and in society. If we had that more, you know, there'd be more peace and love because that's what it comes down to. You know, I think the turmoil comes and conflict comes. A lot of it is we're creating it ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, we're creating conflict. You know, you say something, it offends me. You know, the, the four agreements. You hear me talk about that on uh, you know on Facebook all the time. Is you know, don't take things personally. You know that that's a big lesson because it's truly not. Once you think about it, you know everything. Everybody's going to manifest a comment based on themselves, um, and so you don't need to grab onto it and then fight it. You know you absorb it. And what I've learned to say is, I just say thank you for your input. And so the person's all charged up. You know they make a comment like, "Hey man, your your martial arts weak," and ah, and they're like. You know, they're not telling it to be kind. It's not said in peace and love or they're trying to help me. It's just like trying to batter me. And I just say, thank you. And so their energy goes from here. Yep. Right. When you don't engage, you know, again, you know, a lot of martial arts is really about the defense. And if you don't engage in it, you know, that's that's the thing is even growing up, if we would have never engaged in some of the behaviors, guess what? (laughs) Probably life would have been a little bit easier. Yeah, things just die. So you're absolutely engage is the per- perfect word because yeah, once you don't engage them, and then I, I work with people in the hospitality industry, and especially unfortunately hospitality and the uh, restaurant business, people are always hostile to them. Hey, my my peas aren't springy enough, and it's like, why do you need to be hostile? Like like I get it, you know, you want your green beans a certain way. We all like food. But why do you need to be hostile to some twenty year old college kid who, who just brought the thing from the kitchen? You know, express to them that you like. <laughs> If we cook this certain way, but it's hospice. I work with them all the time to just kind of diffuse it and say, yes, ma'am, I will get you a fresh plate. Yes, ma'am. We'll reheat it. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. But again, it's hard because people bait you, you know, they see the weakness. They smell like blood right. in the water, you know? So they see these, these, the, the hotel clerks and, the, and the, the cashiers and the waitresses, they see them as young and vulnerable and they just go on for the kill. And I have no patience for that. You know, it's like, you're a grown adult, you know, you don't need to beat up a, and batter a teenager trying to make a living, you know, look on the flip side, try to encourage them, you know, and, and I get, so people always say, how do you get great service? You know, valets, you know, I know all the valet guys all over the events, you know, cause I, I treat them right. I jump out, how you doing? How's it going? And then they, they respond to that. Yep. You know, they've already got this, you know, they're, they're already on the defensive that lots of people are nasty to them or treat them, you know, indifferent or look down at them. I'm like, no way. Treat them with respect, you know, treat them with respect and kindness. And, and it, it, it just, again, comes back to that peace and love thing. It says, it says, 
establishes so much a better vibe when you jump out of the car and you act nice to the valet guy. And then when you get your car, he return acts nice to you as opposed to the people who grumble. Oh, don't move the seat. Don't get the change in the thing. Don't touch that. Don't do that. And the valet's like, yeah, we got something for you. <laughs> you park them under the tree, you know, with the pigeons, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. If you, if you treat everybody, you know, we have to all think about it, that if it's only from our perspective, then everybody else is wrong. But maybe th- th- their perspective also has v- validity, and that's it. If we could treat somebody, you don't know what anybody else is going through, and that, that's that peace and love. And, you know, even with the bring it bad, it's you have to know what your non-negotiables are. So you can't let somebody come over, hey, Richard, I'm going to push you over or anything. Right. You know, that's a non-negotiable. But if I go, hey, Rich, I, I, I just I want to get past you. Would you excuse you? Nine times out of ten, you're gonna be like, yeah, sure, no problem. Here you go. Yeah. So you know, I think that's the the really important part that we always have to remember is from the other person's perspective. Like I was in a car with, with somebody who got cut off, and they were like, oh, that guy, you see that? I go, do you think he cut you off? He just got in front of your car. If you look at it differently. <laughs> It becomes a whole different situation. He he Absolutely. didn't get up in the morning and go, "I'm going to cut off Dave" or "I'm going to cut off Richard." And right. he just it's like I'm I want to get to my place faster. It doesn't mean it's right, but you you look at it differently. You engage differently, and you re-engage the whole situation differently. Yeah, back to the don't take anything personal, and and we've all done that. We've all made a mistake where we changed lanes. You know, we didn't look, or we got distracted, or we didn't see the person. Yeah, you know, I love the little. Uh, side view mirror blind spot because it's like you truly it truly is a blind spot you know you truly do not see that car right you know in that so-called blind spot and again on the flip side i try to never drive in anyone's blind spot because i know they can't see me so that's how i avoid that whole you know getting in that spot but yeah there, there are simple times that a simple mistake is made and if you just say cool go on your way um but yeah for the longest time i i needed the wave you know i have to admit that if you didn't give me the wave I was grumbling. You know, like you, gotta, yeah. you cut me off. You got to. <laughs> you got to wave, but it, but it wasn't the whole hand. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got it right. You got to give the official, not the uh, the New York wave, but you got to give the official wave. Like, hey, yeah, I still do that. You know, if I do something by mistake, I'm like, yep, I give the you know the I'm sorry hand, and and so I look for that again. Like I said, I learned to not get grumbly if it doesn't happen, sure. but I still appreciate when someone does it. I'm like, okay, there we go. They, they got it. You know, they got the concept of a little courtesy of saying, hey, I cut you off. Yep, I apologize. So, yeah. Exactly. My fault. Mia Copa. You know, so, so it's those little things in life that make a big difference. But, yeah, that's what brings us the peace, the love, the harmony. You know, and, again, it's, 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 it was like always hokey for a while. It was always 60s. It was always hippies and beatniks. But then people began to realize that even though they were a little extreme, they still have their point. You know, and I, and I think that's the beauty of society. We begin to kind of merge the two, you know, what they call woo-woo. Yep. You know, it's always like the woo-woo stuff. And, and, you know, of course, you know, as a manly man, you couldn't do woo-woo. But again, I, I, I'm i happy to say that people's mind has changed. So we've kind of merged the two now. You know, there's a blending of the two, you know, where you're using the spiritual, you're using the feel good, you're using the whole um, essence of the body and the centering to conduct business and to conduct good business, you know, cause it's like, Oh, that's not, you can't have that in real estate. You know, we don't want none of that woo woo stuff, but it's like, you have to have feelings. You, know, you have to have feelings, which is the peace and the love. That's what it comes down to. You know, we all have feelings. We all have emotions, you know, and again, people look at the martial arts, like, well, you're devoid of emotions. You're stoic. doesn't mean we're devoid of emotion. doesn't mean that we got our emotions away. It just means that we can control them. Well, yeah. you're showing your power 
by controlling yourself, right? It, it's that respect for yourself that I don't have to get, I don't have to engage. And, and, and that's it. So how's some ways that you practice your, your Zen to get yourself in, into that Zen mode? Yeah, great question. And, and it becomes a complete lifestyle. You know, some people like the, you know, everything is a five minute or a five lesson uh, quick fix. And, and you very well know, you know, you, you've been down those roads it, anybody that's selling a quick fix, it, it doesn't work. You know, the, the, the five minute diet or whatever, it doesn't work. So it becomes a lifestyle. You know, so my lifestyle starts in the morning, you know, I, I get up, I meditate, I pray, you know, I get truly scented in my mind. You just kind of clear my mind, pray to a higher power for strength and energy and peace and love. You know, I truly pray for those. And I pray for the people in my life to have that as well. And, um, you know, then I go out, I get physical, I ride my bike, I hang out with friends, so that's the way to do it. You know, you need to be flexible in your mind. You need to be flexible in your body. You know, just basically look at the things you were as a kid. You know, as a kid, we were flexible. You know, again, it's in our mind and body. You know, we were open to adventure. You know, we didn't like doubt. Kids, the friends say, hey, let's go over here. You're like, okay, let's go. You know, you didn't weigh a million options. Well, what are we going to do? Uh, no, you just, you got on your bike or you walked or however you got around, jumped on a bus, you were, you were going. Yep. And so... You know, yes, as an adult, we have to have a responsibility infused, but we can still be kid-like, just like I posted a picture of the clouds today. I remember as a kid spending hours, you know, me and my buddies would lie in the park and we'd just look up at the clouds. You know, we just start talking about formations and life and thoughts and goals and visions and you're all generated by the clouds. And I still do that. I still like today, like clouds were a beautiful formation here in California. I just took them in. I was looking at the clouds. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. And so it's things like that that people don't, take the time to do, you know, a lot of people jump out of bed, they jump in the shower, they grab a bite to eat, and then they're off to the grind. You know, we all grind one way or the other. We're all, we're all grinding. You know, even if you enjoy what you do, like I love martial arts, but 30 years of teaching X amount of classes a day, six days a week. Yeah. That's a grind. That's a grind. But again, I would center myself. I would make sure that I I had the me time. It comes down to me time. It comes down to, time with your people, you know, your family, your friends, your group. Um, and then they help fuel you. They help you relax. They help you, you know, keep you accountable. Um, you just by, like I said, talking, like we discussed before, I just had the lunch with, with my good friends and we just, we just started chatting. And then we went into areas of personal stuff that you know, we don't share all the time because it's not always necessary to get deep personal, but the time call for it. So that's how you stay centered in, in your Zen. It truly is just being, again, comes back to be you for you. So be yourself. You know, if you like to walk, walk. If you like to skateboard, skateboard. If you like to you know, hop and skip, then do that. Um, so whatever it is you like to do, do it. You know, people can get up, you play darts. Like if you enjoy darts, you know, that's relaxing. Play pool. You know, there's so many different things that you can do that are, resonate with you that help you relax. You know, music is a big part. I love music. I always got music in my ears. You know, I'm always listening to music and kind of setting the mood of what I like, different music, different sounds. You know, people say, what kind of music? I like all good music. You know, if it's good, I like it. And I'm open to it. I try young stuff. People, I had someone in the car, I was giving a young girl a ride home the other day. Uh, she works in one of the local hotels. And she's like, oh, you listen to that? And I'm like, why not? She's like, well, uh, I'm like, why? Because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I listen to music. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Justin Bieber or whoever, young and modern. If I, if I like the song, I listen. That's the beauty of music. You know, I listen to stuff from the fifties too. But again, people are not flexible in their mind. You know, again, peer pressure, you know, Oh, you can't listen to this. You can't listen to that. And and I always share and make people laugh because I love uh, 
Broadway plays. So I listen to show tunes. People are like, show tunes? Show tunes? And I'm like, it's a beautiful music. It has some awesomely talented music in, in, in Broadway shows. So that's show music. So, yeah, that's the way to focus is just kind of find your, your, your routine. And we all have habits. So find your habit. You know, if you like eating, eat. I have friends that love to eat. They go to different restaurants. You know, they travel around the country when we were, we were open for travel. And they travel around the country to great restaurants. You know, and they post pictures of the restaurant. They meet the chef. They have some glorious food. They like wine. That's what they enjoy. You know, you're there in their zen. You can see it. You know, you, you've seen pictures of people yep. sitting there with that nice, you know, meal in front of them or the, the artistic dessert. And they're, they're sitting there like, yeah, life right. is good. And that, and that's the beauty of life is that everybody gets to have that opportunity to find what what likes what what you like and, and what makes you happy, right? How, you know, one of the things I do when I talk about is a path and and personal attitudes towards happiness. But what makes you happy might not make me happy, and will not make everybody else happy. So I I I really enjoy that. That's that's awesome. So I, I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, hearing that, and, and that's the message that I that I want. I mean, those are the gems. I mean, you you said a you know, a half hour almost an, uh, of gems from you because it, it's just amazing as to where you know you go. And that's why I love joining the the men's group and have other people talk like I mean, like you know Dave Corbin and all those. And he was another Brooklyn guy. <laughs> um, yeah, and it feeds your energy, and that, that's what happens with the proximity. It feeds your energy, and and that's what you want to do. You want to continue to feed your energy. And continue to surround yourself with people when you can. Of course, you're going to work with people or deal with people. And I do security as well. So I deal with people that are unruly um, so as well. And again, that's the flip side of, uh, you know, so we'll give the bat. So, so the bat concept comes in is that you have to be protective with your space and with your energy. Um, you know, so you can't give away. You know, like I said, we're going to deal with negative people. You know, there's no magic potion that's going to keep you. Because I, I always love when people say, well, when I own my own business, I won't have to deal with negative people. I'm like, what business is that? Are you going to work in a basement and not have contact with anybody? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you, you, you can run whatever business you run. I can assure you that somewhere along the line, you're going to have a contractor or a customer or a vendor that's going to give you grief. So, so just expect that. But again, you, you don't devote too much energy to that, especially if it's the negative. That's where the bad comes in. You just you bat it down. Negative energy comes your way. You bat it down. You deal with the person you know, respectfully, but you deal with them forcefully. This is how the relationship's going to go. You, know, you teach them how they're going to treat you. If you want to be nasty, great. Just leave it on the counter, the bill, and go. You know, again, if I could get another vendor, but sometimes in the world, as you know, there's only one vendor. There's only one guy that sells what you need. So you can't change vendors or you're under contract for three more years that you can't break. So there are times you're engaged in these. So you have to, again, use that bat to say, back it up. Don't cross this line. This is how you're going to treat me with respect while we interact with each other. Right. You know, whether it's a coworker or someone that works you know, as a vendor or a supplier or even someone that works for you. Like when I was in the military, I didn't have a, any power whatsoever who got assigned to me. You know, none. And someone would show up, hello, I'm working for you now. And I'd be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Got to figure it out, right? Exactly. That's where the bat comes in to keep that negative energy at bay. You know, so yeah, we're peaceful and we're loving, but there are times we have to really take an aggressive, you know, like you say, the bat concept of keeping people at bay so they don't, you know, because again, people try to help people that are negative and then they, it infuses you. It's sort of like helping the drowning person. You know, they're going to pull you down. Yep. 
So you can help, but you got to keep them, you got to bat them back a little bit and not let them infuse your positive aura. Yep. And that's exactly what I've been talking about with the bat. So you, you explained it. Excellent, because that's exactly what we're doing is setting those boundaries, those non-negotiables. It's not about just beating somebody up because that, that doesn't solve anything either. Yeah. It, it, but, it's, but if you can keep, I mean, this is what the whole thing that you've been talking about, keeping everything be you for you in that if you can control yourself, it all becomes so much easier because yeah. somebody can't, could be still angry at you, and, but they, they're automatically going to get brought down to be a little bit quieter and, and calmer just by you controlling yourself. Now, you've been using a lot of R words. I, I know you, you use uh, respect. And do you have a favorite uh, R word? I, I like a lot of the R words. I, I forget which one, which one did I put down on the sheet because I, I gave that some thought when I put it on the sheet. You, 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 um, did, you did use respect. I'm, I'm looking at it now. But you, yeah. you've been using a bunch of words. You, know, you, you mentioned about recharging, reengaging, and reconciliation and, and things like that. Those are... Um, but you know, respect is always the, the best words because if we respect each other, yeah, and, and that's the essence. So when I when I looked at, because that's what I remember when I thought about, it, I looked at the peace love concept because truly, you know, we we have to respect each other, and that comes back to you respect the person for who they are, you know. And again, people get confused. There there are people I don't necessarily like because I don't get along with their views, but I respect them. You know, people have a hard time with that. They're like, well, you're very respectful of them, and I thought you didn't like them. I'm like. One thing has nothing to do with the other. You know, just because they're not my BFF doesn't mean I don't show them respect as a human being, you know, as a, as a person. And so I think in business, we need respect. I think in, in our daily encounters, we need respect. And like I said, when you encounter people and you show them respect, they might not give it back to you immediately, but it's going to resonate with them because they're not always getting respect. You know, people, again, don't feel a pretty number top in the list the why people leave jobs is because they're not being respected you know they're not given the what they feel they deserve as accomplishments so respect people respect your family respect your elders respect your juniors i have this conversation in martial arts all the time they're like well as a master and grandmaster the, the students should respect you and i say yes and in turn i should respect them as well right you know and and so people always argue that point i'm like no in my world it goes both ways um i believe that you know, yes, you know, you're always going to respect your elders, your seniors, your people with titles. But again, and the way I see it, they need to respect me in turn. Yeah, respect is a two-way street. Uh, I mean, that's really, you know, the major theme of, the, of, of today's show that we're talking about. Because if you respect everybody, then that, that's it. You'll get respect by giving respect. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm going to tie it up. Uh, you know, I really okay. appreciate all your time you know, uh, all your guidance over the years and, you know, just enjoy the, the men's group. So really you got to follow, uh, Richard on, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, he's all over it. And he does speak exactly what he, he, the way he is in that he gets up in the morning. There's always the picture of three o'clock in the morning, uh, West coast time. He's like already had biked two miles and, you know, ran by the, the water. So I, I really love that. It's really very inspiring, and I appreciate it, Richard. And I, oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, thanks for your time. And for everybody else, just always make sure you find peace and love in your life. But when you need to bring a bat, make sure that you bring a bat and find your sweet spot. Thank you, and good. have a great day. Peace out. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show, and I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites, as well as Facebook peace, love, and bring a bat. Or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, 
David Chemetsky at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.